Arcadian Vanguard presents the Wrestling News in your daily wrestling newscast for Saturday, February 17, 2024. Good morning, I'm Mike Sempervivi. We begin with last night's WWE SmackDown broadcast live on Fox and emanating from the Delta Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. The Rock is a member of the Bloodline. In the main event segment of the show, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was introduced as an official member of the Bloodline by his cousin and WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Joined by Reigns, Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa, and Paul Heyman, The Rock said that he would do everything in his power to make sure that Cody Rhodes wouldn't walk out of April's WrestleMania 40 as Universal Champion. Cody, your story is just ending. Our story is just beginning. The Bloodline, the most powerful dominant duo in sports and entertainment, and of course in the WWE. If you're some man! No, 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 no. Salt Lake City, sing along with The Rock is over. You lost that privilege. Sit there and shut your mouth and enjoy the ride that The Rock is taking you on. If you're some man! What the bloodline is cooking. Rock also blamed the fans for ruining his opportunity to face Reigns at WrestleMania and mocked their support of Rhodes. You flushed it down the toilet. The same toilet you sat your fat asses on and you sat there and tweeted, We want Cody! We want Cody! Cody's got to finish his story! He's got to finish his story! You're laughing now and you're booing because you know it's true. Opening SmackDown, Kevin Owens pinned Dominic Mysterio after a distraction from R-Truth to advance into next Saturday's Men's Elimination Chamber match. Later, United States Champion Logan Paul knocked off The Miz in a non-title match to also qualify. Two Women's Elimination Chamber qualifying matches were also held. Tiffany Stratton advanced by pinning Zelina Vega, while Naomi defeated Alba Fire. In the only other bout on the card, The authors of Pain made quick work of Javier Bernal and Bo Morris. Earlier in the show, during a short segment on the entranceway, SmackDown General Manager Nick Aldis introduced Braun Breaker as the newest member of the SmackDown brand. Due to most of WWE's crew being in Perth, Australia for next Saturday's Elimination Chamber, next Friday's episode of SmackDown was taped immediately following last night's show. Also last night, AEW Rampage was presented on TNT and featured matches taped last Wednesday at the HEB Center in Cedar Park, Texas. The main event of the show featured a 12-man tag team match which saw the Bang Bang Scissor gang of Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, Austin Gunn, Billy Gunn, Colton Gunn, and Jay White put down Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, Sotnam Singh, and the Dark Order's Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, and John Silver. In other results, brothers Marshall and Ross Von Erich teamed with fellow Texan Dustin Rhodes to score a quick win over Hit, Romeo Cruz, and Shimbashi. Queen Aminata defeated Anna Jay. And in the opener, Sammy Guevara defeated Jeff Hardy in a no-disqualification match. At the end of the show, it was announced that Brian Danielson would wrestle former All-Japan legend and current DDT wrestler and executive Jun Akiyama on next week's Rampage. Now with a look at TNA Wrestling News, here's the Wrestling News' Lou Kippelman. Tommy Dreamer has denied a report by the Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer that he has taken over as a head of creative at TNA Wrestling following the departure of Scott Demore. 
During his appearance on Sirius XM's Busted Open show Friday morning, Dreamer refuted Meltzer's report, stating he was still part of a creative committee, which also included Hunter Johnston and Robert Evans. Oh, that's is that true? This is... Oof. Um, is this true? Well, I'm <laughs> is so this glad, true? So glad people know things about my life that I don't know. Um, everything is staying intact, how it was before um with myself robert evans and delirious from ring of honor um so there are no changes um and purposely made sure that that was a thing so mm -hmm. whoever reported about my stuff in my life thank you um but as someone who's been doing the same stuff for the entire time i've been there nothing has changed in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter, published on Friday, Meltzer wrote, quote, Tommy Dreamer is now the head of creative, as many expected, with Demore gone, end quote. Yesterday afternoon, PW Insider's Mike Johnson reported that former general manager of the Fight Network, Ariel Schneerer, has taken over for Demore and would be where the buck stopped when it comes to creative decisions. Johnson wrote that Schneerer will work with new TNA president Anthony Sissioni and, quote, have the last word on any talent and creative decisions, although Sissioni will be at the top of the pyramid, end quote. Schneerer will continue in his current role as Anthem Sports and Entertainment's vice president of business development where he's helped to manage TNA's expansion by, quote, securing TNA's deal for DAZN and a number of TNA streaming deals for Roku and Pluto TV, among other platforms, end quote. Schneer also led last month's launch of the new TNA Plus streaming service. PW Insider also reported that former Knockouts champion Gail Kim and Anthem producer Jorge Barbosa have also joined the creative team. Anthem announced on February 7th that Demore had been fired as company president. Thursday, Fightful released an open letter that TNA Talent had written to Anthem owner Leonard Asper, universally backing Demore and asking for his return to the company. For the Wrestling News, I'm Lou Kippelman. In other WWE news, there's continuing fallout from the late Ashley Massaro's claims that company executives were aware of and pressured her into silence over an alleged 2006 sexual assault. A friend of Massaro named Cara Pipia appeared on News Nation's Ashley Banfield show Wednesday night to reinforce Massaro's claim of being sexually assaulted while at an American military base in Kuwait during a 2006 WWE tour. The night Ashley got back uh, home for the first time, back to Long Island, uh, she went home, had dinner with her family, and uh, spent a little time with them, and then she uh, was planning to come to my house. And uh, she ended up staying the night, and she spent about eight hours with her head on my lap in tears, telling me what happened to her in Kuwait, and um, just letting it all out. And that was the first time that I heard uh, what happened to her, but uh, many times after that. In 2019, after Massaro had committed suicide, Constantine Kairos, her lawyer for an ill-fated concussion lawsuit, revealed an affidavit where Massaro had claimed that while on a WWE tour in Kuwait, she had fallen ill and was taken to a military sickbay to rest. 
Massaro claims a short time later she was injected with a paralyzing drug by a man representing himself as a U.S. Army doctor who then sexually assaulted her as a female wearing fatigues guarded the door. Massaro claimed WWE management was made aware of the incident and a meeting was held that included Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and Kevin Dunn, where Massaro was bullied into not talking publicly about the incident, with McMahon imploring her to, quote, not let one bad experience ruin the good work they were doing, end quote. She spoke with Vince McMahon many times. Vince had his daughter. Stephanie McMahon? Take his place because she was a female, a woman, and it, he, to make Ashley comfortable, and, and they, they, just, they just played with her. They play with her because everything that Stephanie had made her feel comfortable and safe about, as soon as they walked into this boardroom meeting, Ashley was on her own completely. So and she was threatened and, and, and there, was no, there was no compassion, there was no sympathy, there was, there was nothing. Pippi has claimed during the show that an unnamed WWE executive carried Massaro out of the sick bay as contradicted by Massaro's 2017 affidavit where she says that it was the late Gary Hart who was working for the company in an agenting capacity that assisted her. During her interview with Banfield, Pippia also corroborated Massaro had also been interviewed by company doctor Ferdinand Rios. Right before she walked into that boardroom, she talked to the, um, the locker room uh, doctor who was aware of everything, and he was actually very sympathetic to her, but he had no, no, no pull. Um, so he, he gave her the advice that he could, and, um, but that was it. Rios had previously spoken about his conversations with Massaro during a 2023 interview with podcast host Isabel Thompson. Speaking with Thompson for her Audible special titled Ashley vs. WWE, where Rios claimed Laurinaitis, quote, already knew and no one wanted to give me any further details about it, end quote. Rios went on to state, quote, I had nothing to do with it, they said, so it was just sort of a shock. You know when you're restricted from saying anything else, end quote. Laurinaitis's attorney, Edward Brennan, responded to inquiries by Vice Media by stating, quote, Any allegations that Mr. Laurinaitis helped to cover up an alleged rape allegation is an outright lie, end quote. And that, quote, Most upper-level management at some time became aware of the allegations and ensured all proper WWE protocols were followed, including privacy for the alleged victim, end quote. Laurinaitis McMahon and WWE are currently being sued by former company executive employee Janelle Grant, who is accusing McMahon and Laurinaitis of sexual assault and sex trafficking, among other charges. In its reporting, Vice has also revealed an investigation by the U.S. Naval Criminal Intelligence Service into Massaro's claims, which took place between June of 2019 and January of 2020. The military investigation began a month after Massaro died by way of suicide on May 16, 2019, with Vice reporting that the Navy helmed the investigation due to a source believing that the incident took place at Kuwait's Ali al-Salem Air Base. Following the 39-year-old's passing, Massaro's lawyer Constantine Kairos claimed that WWE had been made aware of Massaro's alleged assault, WWE responded by claiming that Kairos was perpetrating a malicious campaign against the company and issued a statement which, in part, read, quote, At no time was Vince McMahon or the management of WWE ever informed by Ashley Massaro or anybody else that she had been sexually assaulted, end quote. Later stating, quote, If she ever articulated such a claim to WWE, we would have reported it. 
immediately to the base commander. At no time was there ever a meeting with Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, John Laurinaitis, or other company executives in which she told them of such a claim and was instructed to keep it quiet, end quote. In May of 2019, the New York Post reported that a WWE spokesperson claimed that Massaro had contacted the company in October of 2018 to apologize for being part of the lawsuit and sent the paper an alleged email from Massaro which read, quote, I accept my part of the responsibility and just want to formally apologize and express my regret. You all changed my life and I couldn't be more grateful, end quote. Kairos doubted the existence of the email and the veracity of WWE's claims. During a Thursday appearance on John Pollock and Brandon Thurston's podcast, Vice's Tim Marshman says that they have made expedited requests under the Freedom of Information Act to receive further materials pertinent to the military investigation and spoke about its timeline. They said that if they'd been aware of this, they would have referred it to the base commander. The incident happened in. 2006 the only investigation we're aware of um started the month after massaro died so this is just an inference but i think it's fair to infer that uh military investigators um became aware of the affidavit possibly due to publicity and then they decided to look into it so it was a six-month investigation it's possible that it might confirm her story. It's possible it might refute her story. It's possible they might say too much time had passed and we couldn't really investigate it. We don't know. But we do know that it started 13 years after the alleged incident that WWE management was aware and that despite what they said, it doesn't appear they reported the the investigations. This past February 9th, Vice Media released a previously unreleased statement given by Massaro during her 2017 sworn affidavit claiming that McMahon sexually preyed on female wrestlers and that Massaro was punished creatively for rejecting his advances. And before we leave you today, we'd like to remind you that however you consume your content, you can find the wrestling news 24 hours a day and seven days a week across social media. On Twitter, follow us at Wrestling News AV. Our Facebook page is also Wrestling News AV. The wrestling news can also be found on the Arcadian Vanguard YouTube page. And for those who utilize Amazon Echo devices, just tell Alexa to play the Wrestling News Podcast. And remember to make sure you add podcast at the end. Once again, for daily updates, breaking news, and more, follow the Wrestling News across social media. And that's the news for today. If anything happens, we will be here to tell you about it. No clickbait, no paywall, just the Wrestling News. The Wrestling News is a division of Arcadian Vanguard, and the Wrestling Newscast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network.